Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Good morning, everybody. Week two of our Hope series. I hope, there you go. I hope that you're enjoying it already. It has been uh, really good. Let's uh, pray. God, I thank you for hope. God, I thank you that we can have a hope in you, a hope that is true, a hope that is sure, a hope that is secure. And I pray, God, that this morning we discover a little bit more for ourselves something of that hope, something of the hope that came into the world through a baby Jesus. Pray you bless our time together, God. Speak to each and every one of us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope is a powerful emotion, isn't it? We all hope for something. It's an emotion that keeps us believing in something, looking forward to something. It helps us to believe that what we long for can actually be had. Hope is the promise of a better day. For instance, I really hope that my eyesight doesn't get any worse. Otherwise, my sermons, rather than being printed in 16 font, are going to be one word per page, and Jason will have the opportunity to take the mickey out of me even more for my age than he already does. So I hope my eyesight doesn't get worse. I hope my kids do well in their end-of-year exams. And and Joey especially, who's just graduated, I hope that he finds something to do with his time other than flipping burgers at McDonald's and going to the beach at every opportunity. I hope that all of my children would find partners who love God and absolutely adore them. And in July this year, you might have seen this photo, we had the absolute joy of seeing our second daughter, Caitlin, married to a man who loves God and absolutely adores her. Applications and interviews are still open for the other three. (laughs) Email me with any expressions of interest that you might have. And thankfully, the kids aren't here today because they'd absolutely kill me. But a mother's got to do what a mother's got to (laughs) do. But seriously, susan at (laughs) gatewaybaptist.com.au. Just so you know. We find ourselves hoping at Christmas that we get just the right present under the Christmas tree and that we don't eat too much at lunch. We hope for joy and peace and that the whole family will get on. What do you find yourself hoping for this Christmas? We talk about hope a lot and you're going to hear it a lot more over the next few weeks. We sing it in our carols. We write it on our Christmas cards. But when you really stop and think about it, what is it that you hope for this Christmas? See, Jesus coming into the world as a baby changed the power of hope forever. 
Hope is no longer something that we just wish for. The hope of Jesus is a certain hope. See, Jesus was born at a time when Israel was crying out for hope, for a saviour, the Messiah, the one who would come and rescue them from the Roman Empire. See, they had a hope that such a Messiah would come because it had been prophesied many, many times for hundreds of years in Old Testament scripture. Unfortunately, they missed it. Many of them missed Jesus. They didn't recognise him as the Messiah that they were hoping for, the one that was going to save them because they put their hope in the wrong thing. They thought the Messiah was going to come as a king who was going to rule and overthrow the Romans. Not a baby, a mere carpenter's son. Sadly, many people today miss the significance of the hope that we sing about in our carols and we write so diligently in our Christmas cards because they haven't discovered the life-changing hope that is the true story of Christmas. See, at Christmas, true hope came into the world. It's not a hope that's based on something that's wishy-washy, what-ifs or maybes. Our hope and our expectations are in a person and his name is Jesus. Our hope's not just in a baby that we celebrate at Christmas. Our hope is the fact that that baby grew into a man. He led a perfect life. He died on a cross that we would know true forgiveness of sins. And after three days, he rose from the dead and was victorious over death that we too would know life everlasting. That's a great hope. Because Jesus came into the world, we have the hope for forgiveness of sins. We have hope for a better future, a forever future. We have hope in the presence and power of God at work in our everyday lives. The hope of Jesus is a certain hope. Hebrews 16, uh, 6 verse 19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. See, our hope in Jesus isn't based on the belief that Jesus will make all the bad things go away and life will be perfect and nothing will affect us. It's a hope that whatever we walk through, whatever the storms of our lives, he is our anchor. He is the firm and secure one that we can depend on when all else fails. We all need that kind of hope, don't we? Our hurting and broken world need that kind of hope. A a hope that no matter what life throws at us, 
no matter the storms that we walk through, we can be anchored in a hope that is strong and never moves. I'm going to read you a story this morning of a couple of people in in the Bible who had every reason to give up on hope, but they didn't. Their hope in the promises of God was an anchor for their soul and they held on to it. And because they kept holding on and because they kept turning up, they actually got to hold the hope of the world in their hands. They got to see God's promise fulfilled. And the first one we're going to read about is Simeon in Luke chapter 2. When we first meet Simeon, He's at the temple and Mary and Joseph are heading into the temple to consecrate their baby to the Lord and offer sacrifices as good Jewish families did. And we'll take it up in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him By the Holy Spirit, that is a miracle in itself, the Holy Spirit in this time. But it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That's an incredible promise. We don't know how long poor Simeon had to wait to see that promise fulfilled. But we can only presume that it was a long time. We get the idea that he's old. The poor guy is waiting to die. But a seed of hope was planted in his spirit by the Holy Spirit. See, God told Simeon if he kept waiting, if he kept faithfully showing up at the temple, He would see the promised one. Simeon could have given up. I get the impression he's waited a long time, but he didn't give up. He kept holding on to God's promise, and because he did, he got to hold the Messiah, the hope of the world, in his hands. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Maybe you're in a season of waiting and holding on. Just like Simeon, there might be a seed of hope that's been planted in your spirit, but it's taking a long time to see the promises of God fulfilled. Holding on gets really hard sometimes. But God is always true to his promises. Sometimes, though, we've got to wait for the answer. 
Sometimes we've just got to hold on as if life depends on it. And we've got to keep trusting and waiting patiently. And we don't really like that in our fast-paced microwave generation, do we? I reckon there are times where all of us can think about in our own lives where all we've had, the only hope that we've had is in Christ that's held us together through some of the challenges that we've walked through. You find that you just have to keep holding on to the anchor of hope in your soul. Many of you have heard Jason and I talk about a significantly dark season in our family that all we had to hold on to was the hope of the promise of God. It was five years ago now that our beautiful daughter Bronte went through a significant battle with anorexia. And just before it all went completely pear-shaped, I was standing in church one morning in the front row over here, crying as I had been many times before. And I happened to look up over at the baptistry. And at that moment, God gave me a picture of Bronte standing in that baptistry. And he said to me, it's going to be her one day. She's going to have a powerful testimony to tell. Seed of hope. Little did we know that two weeks later she would end up in hospital, in the mental health ward, for quite a significant stint. It was the hardest time of my life, of our family's life, what we walked through in that season. I've never felt more despair. I've never cried more tears. And yet God had planted a seed of hope. And it didn't matter what I watched my precious daughter battle with. I had hope. Because God said, one day, one day, And through some of the darkest seasons, I held on. I stood here and I cried so often. But God was true to his promise. And my daughter is now absolutely thriving. Last year is a gap year from school. She actually went and interned at Bloom. And um, I don't know if you notice, I hope next time you see one of the videos you'll notice because the... uh, flowers, the mural, Baking Life Beautiful, and there's many others. Um, Bronte drew all of those in her year. And it was such a special gift that she got to leave the girls as she used her gifts to bless them through some of the darkest times they've walked through. God is a God of hope. And I, I pray that even now, as I share her story, that it will have a powerful testimony for you. In the darkest of our times, we can hold on to hope. Three years it took before she stood in that baptistry and herself declared the healing power of God at work in her life. I don't know that I've ever rejoiced more. But whatever you're walking through right now, however difficult the circumstances, Hold on to hope. Hold on to the promises of God 
He is with you. He will never give up on you. He will give you the strength to keep going. We can put our hope in him. Don't give up. Keep holding on to hope. There'll be seasons when all you can do is hold on to the hope of Jesus, just like our season. And we might not get to hold the baby Jesus in our hands, but we actually get to hold the hope of the world in our hearts. It's an incredible privilege. I had a, a funny experience a, a couple of weeks ago now. You might by, might by the end of it say it was a weird experience. That's okay, you can judge me. But this incident helped me to understand and illustrate this point a little bit more. So I'm going to be brave and share it with you. I had been at Joey's very last awards night. Can I hear a big cheer, no more awards nights for us? Amen. Oh, come on. <laughs> We've done the hard yards, and I do apologise to anybody who still has many more to go. There's light at the end of the tunnel, trust me. <laughs> His very last awards night, and as a typical 17-year-old boy, he ditched me at the end, we went off to McDonald's with his mates. So I was left driving home by myself. I'm pulling out of the Chandler Sports Centre where the awards night happened and as I'm waiting in the queue to get out, I notice that there is a big creepy crawly thing on the bonnet of my car. I don't do creepy crawly particularly well. I had to check that all the windows were up and even though they were, my heart was skipping a beat. But I actually rationalised in my head. I thought, it's okay because very soon I'm going to get out onto the road and this thing's going to go flying. I'm sorry for any of you creepy crawly lovers. I was ready for this thing to go. And as I pulled out and hit Old Cleveland Road, this thing actually stretched itself up into all its glory and I was completely freaking out. But the weird thing is I realised it wasn't a spider. It was actually a stick insect that had landed on the bonnet of my car. Still hyperventilating, still don't really like them, but at least it wasn't a spider, right? So I'm on Old Cleveland Road, I'm thinking, it's okay, this thing's still gonna go flying, even though it's not a spider, and I'm gonna be rid of it. It was the weirdest thing ever. This thing, actually, rather than flying off the bonnet of my car, straightened all its limbs, got this aerodynamic shape happening to it, something like a stick. Are you surprised? It looked like a stick. Um, and it's held on to the bonnet of my car. I'm going 80 kilometres an hour along Old Cleveland Road and this thing is stuck there. I'm driving under signs that say, slow down for koalas. And by this time, I'm thinking, slow down for koalas? I want to slow down for my stick insect. This guy is amazing. I was cheering him on. I hit Moreton Bay Road, you go to 90 kilometres an hour, and this guy is still there. Unbelievable. As I came into Capalaba and hit my first set of lights, and I slowed down, and as I slowed down, I watched this guy start to uncurl again. His legs started to come up, and he started to relax. This, is, this may be where it gets a little bit weird, because by this time, I'm talking out loud to this stick insect. And I'm there saying, bunker down, little buddy. The ride's not over yet. Hold on. We're not home. If you fly off now, you're going to get run over. Bunker down. 
And it was at that moment that God just put this little twig in my spirit. That's hope. That's what hope does. It helps us to bunker down when times are tough. Sometimes holding on for dear life in the hope that very soon the tough ride will be over. Sometimes all our spiritual muscles are flexed in order to ensure that we simply make it to the end. I crept all up the back streets to my house at 30 kilometres an hour in the hope that he wouldn't fly off since I'd made it this far. As I pulled up into the driveway, this little guy stretched out all his limbs and just sat there. And I got brave enough to take the dodgiest photo in the world because there was no way I was getting that close. <laughs> just to prove. But I reckon if you could say a stick insect looked exhausted, I'd say that's what he was. Because by this stage, I've become the stick insect whisperer but he'd made it in one piece. Yay! 20 minutes later, I went out to see if he was still sitting there and he'd gone. I reckon Simeon might have been pretty wrung out by the end of his journey. He'd spent his whole life holding on to the hope that God had given him. He's old. God promised him that he wouldn't see death until he saw the Messiah. He had a seed of hope that was anchored in his soul. I wonder how many times he stood in front of the temple and thought, is today the day, God? Is this the baby? No, not this one. I'll be back again tomorrow. Whether you're in a season like my stick insect, where you've just got to hold on, You've got to bunker down and wait for the chaos and the difficult circumstances you find yourself in to be over. Don't let go of hope. Don't give up on the hope of God that is an anchor, a true anchor for your soul. Keep holding on. Eventually you too will arrive at a new destination and get to just take a breath. One of the things that helps us to keep holding on is to make sure that we keep showing up. To keep holding on, we need to keep turning up. See, Anna was somebody who found the strength to keep holding on because she kept turning up. All we hear about her is three verses which follow on from our story of Simeon. Three verses, but I am totally inspired by this woman. There's so much that we can learn from her example. She certainly understood what it meant to put her hope in God through some difficult challenges. Starting at verse 36. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. Don't you love how it just keeps implying old age? I just don't like it. She lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. 
Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. I reckon if anybody had reason to be angry at God, it was Anna. Somebody who had every reason to turn her back on God for the unfair lot that she'd been dealt. Now, she was married for seven years before she was widowed. That means in that day that she was probably married when she was about 13 or 14, as was the custom. Seven years of marriage and her husband dies and she's been left by herself. Really different back in those days to be a woman without a husband and without a family around you. It's a long time. She's 84 when we finally meet her. That's all we know about Anna and her background. And like I said, if anybody had good reason to complain to God, to lose hope and to reject him, it was Anna. I'm sure most of us can think of times when either we or somebody that we know has allowed bitterness towards God to creep in because life hasn't been fair hasn't turned out the way that we wanted it to or that we thought it should. We blame God, we blame others, and we wrestle with the unfairness of life. Anna doesn't do that. Instead, what she does is she shows us how to live a life full of hope, no matter what the circumstances that we find ourselves in. She chose a life of worship to centre her hope in Jesus. And for us to do the same, we need to choose to keep turning up. Verse 37 says she never left the temple but worshipped night and day fasting and praying. You see, in those days, the temple was the only place that you could actually experience the presence of God. So by choosing to spend all her time in the temple, Anna was signifying her choice to live in the presence of God, worshipping him. She chose to live in the presence of God at every opportunity that she could. She made a deliberate choice, deliberate choice to worship, to put God first, even though life had dealt her some hard blows. And because she allowed herself to always be present in the presence of God, God allowed the presence of himself to always be present with her. She got to see the Messiah. She got to hold the hope of the world in her hands in the form of baby Jesus. What an incredible blessing. Now because of Jesus, because he made a way for us to have a personal relationship with him, we can come into his presence anytime, anywhere we want. We're no longer confined to the temple to meet with God as Anna was. 
yet there's still something very significant for us when we hang in God's presence with others, when we join together in our faith and our worship of God. We might not get to hold the baby Jesus in our hands, but together we hold the hope of the world in our hearts. I don't know what you're walking through right now. I don't know if you're experiencing the true hope that comes from hanging in the presence of God and his people. You're here at church this morning. That's an awesome place to start. A great place to meet with God and be encouraged to hold on to hope. It's as we keep turning up It's as we fast and pray like Anna did that we get the strength to hold on for ourselves. It fills us with the power to keep going no matter what we walk through. See, the reason both Simeon and Anna got to see Jesus in the temple, to hold hope in their hands, was because they were always in the temple always in the presence of God. Sometimes we think of our church attendance as optional. Obviously, none of you here this morning think like that, right? Hmm. But if we don't come, we miss out. How many times have you heard people say, I nearly didn't come to church this morning? but I'm so glad I did because God spoke straight to me. Or it was like the preacher was looking and preaching at me. How many times have you heard people say that? What are you missing out on when you treat church as optional? Being present in a place where you experience the presence of God is so important. Here at Gateway, we often encourage you to find the place that you connect with God best and go there often. Jason talks about his milk crate down by the dam and his regular need to go there. For some of you, it might be finding God in nature or the ocean. Some of you might simply have a nice, quiet, solitary place at home that you love to sit and connect with God. For me, over a period of time, I have learnt that I connect best with God through worship music. When I worship through song or I listen to worship music, I can feel myself enter the presence of God. And in his presence, it's like everything else around me just fades away. I'm focused on him. My hope is in him not on the circumstances that I'm walking through or what's happening in my life, but in worship, I'm right there. I'm right there with him. And as I sit in his throne room, sometimes the feelings that overcome me are overwhelming and I just start crying. It's a bit wussy. Sometimes in those moments, God just whispers things into my spirit truths that I need to hear. Sometimes the longing in my soul that is satisfied when I sit with God in worship is so precious. 
And to be honest, the place that I love worshipping God the most is in community with others. Whether it's at church, whether it's at our Thrive gatherings, I love worshipping with others. Now, maybe in part that's because I have an extreme extroverted personality, but there's something quite significant and biblical about being in the presence of God as a community of believers, whether you're extroverted or introverted. Don't make Christmas and Easter the only time you turn up at church. Don't just turn up when things are going well, when seasons are good. Just like Anna, we need to keep worshipping. We need to be surrounded by others who will spur us on and hold us up in some of those tough times. We need others to speak hope into our lives when we can't see it for ourselves. And sometimes we're the ones that need to speak that hope into other people's lives. You know, when things were in their worst season with Bronte, I had a group of prayer warriors that held me up spiritually when I had absolutely nothing left. They prayed up an army for me when all I had was this little seed of hope to cling on to. And even though I cried all the time, can't exaggerate that enough, but I kept showing up and I kept surrounding myself in godly community. I know it's the two things that got me through that season. Make 2019 a year where you keep turning up in the presence of God and see what he does. See the hope that he brings when you allow yourself to be present in his presence often. Keep turning up with an expectant heart, a hope-filled heart, a confident hope that God has a word for you when you gather together with his people. Anna could have complained. She could have turned her back on God, but instead she chose to keep turning up. She kept turning up at the temple and choosing a life of worship. She put God first. And as a result, she had the incredible blessing of seeing the baby Jesus, the true hope of the world. I love this last bit that we hear about Anna in verse 38. Not only was she present in the presence of God often, but when she discovered true hope for herself, she couldn't stop sharing it. She spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She just couldn't help sharing it to whoever would listen. You see, when you experience such life-changing, transformational hope, why wouldn't you want to share it? We live in a hurting, broken world that needs life-changing, transformational hope. And just like Anna, we're the ones that carry that story of hope in our hearts. Those stories of hope are born out of our own experience. 
We have to get better at sharing them. All of us who are followers of Jesus will have a story of hope to tell. Many stories, most likely. Countless stories to tell of how we've experienced the hope of God through some of the most difficult seasons of our lives. I'm inspired by Anna. She experienced the hope of God and she couldn't help sharing it. She couldn't help telling others, anybody who would listen, of the hope that she had discovered. I can just see her saying, you want to know true hope? Ask me. I've experienced true hope. Friends, if you want to know true hope, I've seen it for myself. I've discovered it in my own life. It's not because I've got it all together and my life is perfect. Rather, it's because of the things that I've journeyed through, the difficult circumstances that I've walked through. In fact, it's because of my own brokenness that I know true hope, true forgiveness and true grace. That's the power of hope that we carry. We live in a world that needs to know that hope, that forgiveness, that grace. They need to know that they too don't have to have it all together to have hope. In fact, it's because of our struggles and because of our brokenness that we shine the hope of Jesus the most. When others see through the hope that we have in Jesus, what is possible in their own circumstances, you've got to keep holding on. You've got to keep turning up through all of life's circumstances. And as you do, my prayer for you is the same as the one Paul prayed to the church in Rome that the God of hope would fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that just like Simeon and Anna, you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a promise that you can put your hope in. It's my prayer for you this morning. Let's start this Christmas season right, holding on to God and his promises for us. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I'm going to invite Anthony to come and stand down the front here for me. Anthony is one of our pastors here at Gateway. I want to ask you something a little bit courageous this morning, something a little bit different. If you're here this morning and you're hearing these stories of hope, something in you is niggling, going, I want to know that hope. I want to have that secure hope, that firm foundation in Jesus. If that's you this morning and you know you've never made that decision, to put your hope in Jesus, to say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Saviour. I choose to follow you through all of life's circumstances. If you've never done that, 
And this morning, you want to put your faith and your hope in Jesus. I want to invite you to do something courageous and come down here. Anthony would love to pray with you, a simple prayer to lead you into a relationship of living hope in a living Saviour. So please, if that is you, be courageous this morning. There's an urgency to this. We often don't think about it, but there's an urgency to our faith. Don't miss the opportunity this morning to take that step, to take that brave step and give your life to Jesus. You will never be the same. The hope that He puts in your heart is life transformational. Can I ask the prayer team to come forward as well? You know, maybe this morning you're standing here and you're hearing words of hope and it's not the niggle that you don't know the hope of Jesus, but there's some pain there in the circumstances that you're walking through. You just want somebody to stand alongside you to build your faith, to pray prayers of hope for you when at the moment you might not be able to do that for yourself. Our prayer team would love to stand there with you in community. In community, we do life better. And that might be a brave step for some of you as well to ask for prayer. Remember, we're all broken. We're all broken but we serve a wonderful living Saviour who can bring hope into some of the darkest circumstances of our life. If you want somebody just to pray with you, stand with you, or if you want to make that declaration of faith, can I invite you right now, start coming as we sing this incredible song, as we declare our faith in the one who is living, our living hope. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.